Hello, my friend, and welcome back to the Deeper Daily Podcast. I'm Paul White, and it's the 24th day of May. We are here seven days a week, 365 days a year for, oh, maybe six to eight minutes every day with something about the Bible, something uh, specifically about the Lord Jesus, and uh, most of the time walking verse by verse through passages of Scripture. Well, we are on a little brief side study on the word used for hell in the Bible. This is the first time I think we've really dug into this in the DDP. And the reason we're doing this is because we're in the Gospel of Mark. We've arrived at the ninth chapter where Jesus talks about uh, going to hell. And so what did he mean? And I, I, want, I don't like to review every day, so if you're jumping in now, I, I really recommend you go back to the 20th of May, where we start to introduce this idea, and then on the 21st of May, which was just a few days ago, where we really start the journey of looking at this word. I'm hoping that we can give you some clarity, but I think, I read a quote recently by by Brian McLaren that I thought was good. He said, clarity is good, but sometimes intrigue may be even more precious. Clarity tends to put an end to further thinking, whereas intrigue makes one think more intensely, broadly, and deeply. I wonder sometimes if the reason why some things seem ambiguous in the Bible is because God was not wanting us to land on something with perfect clarity, but rather we would stay intrigued and open, keep wrestling out possibilities. I have a moment in my mind that sticks out rather vividly in regards to this concept. I was talking to someone a few years back about a subject in the Bible, and I made mention of some interpretation, and they said, they cut me off and said, oh, I I don't even... I've already got that figured out. I don't, I don't worry about that anymore. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. They have, they're so settled on it that they don't even, they're not even intrigued by it anymore. And that's, um, I know why it bothered me because I don't want, I don't want to be there on topics related to Christ or the Bible to where I'm, you can say, well, aren't you settled about the love of God? Yes, but I'm enamored of it. So while I, I believe he loves me, I'm, I'm so enamored of his love that I'm intrigued to learn more. So I'm not really, we are in no way trying to put an end to this discussion. In, in fact, I'm hoping all it really does is spark you into something. All right. Let's get going with the word Gehenna, because when we read the word hell in Mark 9, 43, Mark 9.45, Mark 9.47, we're reading the Greek word Gehenna, but Gehenna has a backstory. This is not just a word, it's a place. And as promised, let's talk about the geography of it. It's a gorge or a valley. I was just in Gehenna. I like to say I went to hell in March of 23. We were in Jerusalem for about 12 days, 10 days, and I spent one afternoon in Gehenna. A valley. Now it's a beautiful little park with tennis courts. There's an there's an open air amphitheater there where they do concerts. 
But in biblical times, it was a valley that, that stretched around, kind of like a, imagine the, a capital L, the letter L. Well, it kind of goes, it bends around the, the west side of old Jerusalem. It stretches around to the south side of old Jerusalem. Uh, it, it actually goes, it finishes, the bottom of that L finishes under the hill we call uh, Mount Zion. And the city of David, originally the city of David, believed to have sat sort of in the crook of that L. Um, and then if you go to the northeast now, of that L, opposite, sort of perpendicular, you get the Dome of the Rock. That's where the, the, the Muslim holy place is, which, by the way, is traditionally considered to be Mount Moriah, the place where Abraham took Isaac up the mountain to be sacrificed. So Hinnom, Gehenna, stretches around that bottom part. It, it descends from the west side of Jerusalem, east to the south of the Kidron Valley, right over where the pools of Siloam would have flowed. Um, so that's the geography of it. It's an area. But by the time of Christ, it, it, it had really become a byword, but it had a really layered backstory uh, among Jews and Christians. Now, most of what we call hell, uh, sort of a, uh, our inspiration for a, a post-resurrection hell or an eternal apocalyptic hell, is birthed in the kind of stuff that happened historically inside of that valley. So let's start with what it symbolizes. Jeremiah calls it the valley of slaughter in Jeremiah chapter 7. And then Jesus employs Jeremiah's sense of destruction in Gehenna. And they, they then use that as a place to reference destruction. Okay, there were a multiple, multiple types of fire historically that happened in the Valley of Hinnom. And, and I, I want to name the four for you today and give you some scriptures if you want to look at them and work on them before our next podcast. And then we'll sort of walk through the details of these. This is, this is the Gehenna backstory, that, that spot... Um, which is also the Valley of Hinnom, and, and, and we'll walk through some of the other ways of saying this over the next few days. But there was the, the unholy fire of child sacrifice that happened in the Valley of Hinnom, 2 Chronicles 28, 2 Chronicles 33. Then there was the cleansing fire under King Josiah, 2 Kings chapter 23. Then the destructive fire of a foreign invader, which happens in three different moments in Jeremiah, Jeremiah 7, Jeremiah 19, Jeremiah 32. And then there's a memorial fire of the trash dump of Gehenna, which is all the way up to the time of Christ. We see it originally in Isaiah 66, all the way up to Mark 9, which is our passage. And so starting tomorrow, I want to walk through what, what those fires meant to the people of Israel and then Jesus then, of course, steps into that illustration and talks about Gehenna or talks about the Valley of Hinnom. And we got a lot to work on. What, a, what an amazing and interesting journey this is. We'll get going a little bit deeper tomorrow. God bless.